Bet he'll go over the top for bagpipes. Tom had had enough. Max Rydell, officer commanding 26th section, was presently flying back from the UK, where he had given evidence in a civil trial. So Tom had been in command for the past three days. OK, back to work. I want both cases wound up before the end of the week, so get your reports written and finalise those interviews still outstanding. Once inside the small headquarters on the perimeter of the base, Tom headed for his office to read through all the evidence on a tricky case concerning a hitherto well-balanced soldier who had gone off the rails and attacked with a broken bottle his best friend because he had stolen his fiancée. The woman was also a soldier, which exacerbated the loss and humiliation because he had to see her and her new love day in and day out. It was not an uncommon situation on a large base, where young, fit and extrovert men and women worked, lived and played together. The aggressor would be given a custodial sentence, which would remove him from the vicinity of the lovers, and he would be posted elsewhere afterwards. But Tom deplored this setback to the career of a promising soldier. Women, he thought, could cause havoc among normally controlled men. He scowled at his computer screen. The Scottish incomers were sure to stir passions further. Even Connie and Heather, who normally had their emotions well under control, had gone gaga over the prospect of these brawny Scots dancing in the mess. Once he arrived at the house he rented several miles from the base, Tom's mood lightened. After a simple meal, he would be driving Nora and their daughters back there for the evening celebration. They had been looking forward to for days, and the Drumdorans would not yet be free to attend. The fifth day of November meant fireworks, a bonfire, penny for the guy, glue vine, mugs of soup, burgers and paper cones of chips. Oh yes, the children of personnel on a British military base in Germany wanted all that, despite being far away from the Parliament building the long-ago Guy Fawkes had tried to blow up. So, on that cold, clear night, a large crowd assembled at the sports ground to watch a pyrotechnic display and the lighting of a huge bonfire. No guy was placed atop the carefully constructed pile. Experience had told the organisers that many of the smaller children grew deeply upset over the sight of it being engulfed in flames. This was mostly due to their regarding as lovable toys the guys they had made for the competition held the previous day. Burning one was more than they could take. Fortunately, all three blackies, as Tom dubbed his girls, were old enough to distance pretense from reality and saw these effigies they had made as works of art rather than cuddly playthings. Gina had won a prize for her avant-garde entry, and clutched it somewhat ostentatiously as the family occupied tip-up seats in the stand that evening. Her sisters were unfazed. Maggie, coming up to fourteen, had her German boyfriend beside her, and Beth, the youngest, was only concerned that the puppy they were to adopt a few days before Christmas would not be scared by the exploding fireworks. She expressed her fears to her father. Tom smiled reassuringly. 
They'll be keeping an eye on her down at the kennels. Don't forget, her mother's a police dog, trained to remain calm in noisy situations, so her pups are sure to inherit some of her courage, sweetheart. Beth nodded happily. Of course, Strudel will be the bravest of them all. Not with that ridiculous name, thought Tom, as a concerted hoo resounded when six rapidly fired rockets filled the sky with gold and silver showers. He felt Nora shiver beside him, so he put his arm along her shoulders. Are you okay, love? She pressed closer to him. I should have worn that heavy coat I bought for midwinter. It's colder than I expected. Unzipping his padded jacket, Tom slung it around her shoulders. He was additionally protective, since Nora had revealed a pregnancy that was unplanned and initially daunting.